The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, Rough House Podcast. I'm Marty Day. And I am Christoph. Welcome back. Um, thank you guys for coming back after two 90-minute episodes. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we've we definitely been pushing the barrier of of what is a comfortable amount of podcasting. Um, <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, episode 194, this one. Interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're getting close to... 200 not that that means anything and not that i'm bringing it up for any particular reason not to plan no, no, no. minds of you the listener no not at all um uh, milestone yeah yeah just just kind of a random milestone no no real point or purpose in that one yeah um yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah we're not we're gonna we're gonna try to to keep this into like an hour uh i i for one don't love podcasts that go longer <laughs> than an hour I know. I'm the same way. And here yeah. we are. Just we're getting we get all fucking chatty. Basically. OK, I'm going to cut 20 minutes off just right here. <laughs> Fuck Vince McMahon. He sucks. Okay? <laughs> so that kind of yeah, that kind of gone. actually, I do have something positive to say about WWE, Chris. I know this sounds I don't, don't want to hear it. Fucking no, no, crazy. But I have something positive to say. Following up on the opening topic for last week, this Jay Uso Roman Reigns storyline. Yeah. is actually compelling. So what happened on uh, this Friday SmackDown? So uh, they had the opening promo train, which, you know, was what it was. Did it uh, set up a tag team match later on? Holla, uh, holla? And of course, of course it did. Oh, by the way, uh, correction from last week. The show did start with a Paul Heyman Roman Reigns promo the prior week. Uh, I did not feel like they got into the specific details of why they're working together. That's why I said... When you asked, do we know why? I said, no, they really didn't cover it. Yes, they talked. They kicked off the show last week. So, yeah, uh, that, that's that's a, a personal correction from last week. But anyway, show kicks off. And the idea was um, the, the the whole purpose was uh, of, of Jey Uso being in that four-way or being added to that four-way is that Paul Heyman goes way back with the Samoans because Paul Heyman used to manage 
Rikishi as part of the Samoan SWAT team and and, and all of that back in the WCW days, which mm-hmm. I, I thought was really clever. But the the idea is, uh, you know, Jay Uso doesn't recognize that uh, his Uso is uh, qu- quite so conniving and and evil now. Uh, and yes, it did lead to a tag team match uh, at the uh, in the main event spot as. It ended up being Roman Reigns and Jey Uso against King Corbin and Sheamus because Corbin and Sheamus came out and complained about Jey Uso being added, how it reeked of nepotism, that sort of thing. But the whole idea was Jey Uso came out. Reigns did not come out with him. Reigns did not show up until the end of the match, did a blind tag on Jey Uso, hit a spear. And the whole thing is like Roman isn't getting along with folks and and all of that and uh post show uh things started to get a little heated uh between Jay Uso and Roman Reigns or excuse me post match started to get uh, a little heated between them as uh Reigns uh had the belt in his hand and Jay raised said hand with the belt so they were both both holding the belt at the same uh, time okay. yeah i i think no, this, no tug of war this time no tug, tug of war thankfully okay. I, I i think this is probably just gonna you know lead into a match a clash of champions in a few weeks where roman goes full crazy shithouse on jay um like i i think that's that's the idea to to fully seal the heel version of roman reigns they're gonna just absolutely decimate jay uso which Kind of sucks to be Jay, but at the same time, holy fucking shit, he's getting a main event payday. Like, I'm actually interested and compelled by this. And the other thing that's interesting is there seems to be a little bit of a twist in Paul Heyman this time where he's been the advocate for Brock Lesnar and and all of that. And the whole thing was like you could tell that Paul had a control over Brock and Paul was that advocate. He was that leader. Heyman's acting like he's actually a little nervous around Roman Reigns. A little scared? A little scared. He doesn't understand this version of Roman. He thought he knew the Samoans. He thought he knew Roman. Not quite so much this time. So credit where credit is due. As much crap as they are putting out on television, and it's hours upon hours at a time, (laughs) this is actually a compelling storyline. This is actually a a compelling piece of programming, which SmackDown's needed in in, in the main event for some time. I mean, or the year that it's been on the box. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And look, I I can still sort of point and mock at at different things, you know, on on the SmackDown side, uh, the the whole uh, um, Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, Alexa Bliss thing continues with Alexa Bliss now using the sister Abigail. Uh, she hit it on Nikki Cross. Hit it on Nikki Cross. Yes, outside uh, of the ring, so it hurt more. Yes. Now, uh, not quite the hardest part outside of the ring, but yes, it it, it well, was been on the table, on top of the table, because <laughs> very those true. tables were uh, being as um, uh, constructually unsound as they are, just add uh, five hundred hit points being taken away when you yes. perform a move up there. Now. Uh, if you saw that out of context, you might have thought that Alexa turned heel on her buddy Nikki. Um, not entirely so. It was a fatal four-way for a title shot at Clash of Champions against Bailey. Here's the thing that doesn't make a whole ton of sense, though. Sasha was not in that match. Why not? I don't know, but Nikki Cross is getting the SmackDown women's title shot at Bailey at Clash of Champions. So even though Nikki Bailey even did a promo talking smack about Sasha. Okay. 
I guess they're saving that for Survivors, the Hell in a Cell Survivor Series. Could be either one. Could be either Royal one. Rumble <laughs> next year's SummerSlam. <laughs> Who knows at this point? But it was Saudi Arabia twenty twenty two. It's just very kind of weird, and and maybe the idea is they're, they're taking Sasha out of the mix, so you know they can sell the injury and what have you. And cr- again, I gotta say, broken clock right twice a day. Bailey had a fantastic promo talking about why she took out Sasha and all that. Like Bailey right now is doing probably some of the best work of her career. Full stop. So, you know, I can talk a lot of shit. I can point out all these inconsistencies, but some things inexplicably are actually working very well right now. So something I saw on the SmackDown side that piqued my interest yes. is um, is 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 Sheamus auditioning for the next Guy Ritchie movie? <laughs> what yes. the fuck is he wearing with the suspenders and the bowler hat? Like, what is what is he trying to prove with this? I, Has I, he changed his accent at all? Uh, no, is he his, doing shtick. His, his, his accent is exactly the same. I feel like he's trying to thread the needle of Guy Ritchie villain and. Uh, now uh, accused sexual uh, assaulter uh, Con- uh, Conor McGregor. I think he's trying okay. to to thread that needle and and and, and be that uh, you know th- that Irish gangster type. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So sure. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting. I, 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 saw, I, I saw some photos of it. And I was like, what the what's Oshamo trying to do over here? It was. Uh... Yeah. I I can't say I love it by any means, but you know, uh, it's it's. Better than that period of time where basically he never wore clothes. He just showed up in his gear at all times and yelled fella. I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 I give him credit for trying to push his look and feel forward and, and, and Ooh. all of that. What's your favorite uh, era of Seamus? What's your favorite uh, get up here? Do we have uh spiky, spiky hair, uh, <laughs> shit kicker? Uh, chops, um, Seamus. Do we have King? There was King Seamus for a bit there. That's true. That's um, true. Um, we had, uh, the Mohawk Seamus. We mm-hmm. had Bar Seamus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, I, got, I think uh, it is one, Richie... one, uh, I think it's one, one a between Mohawk Seamus and first time showing up as a, a big deal, uh, beating Triple H in a tables match, Sheamus. Like, okay. for, yeah. like, five seconds there, it looked like, you know, they were going to push a, a new big main event guy out of the blue, and then, of course, Triple H came back and murdered him with a pedigree. So, uh, <laughs> you know, up until that point, it was like, fuck yeah, this guy could be a thing. And then I, I, I can say my least favorite era of Sheamus is uh, smiling baby face feuding with Alberto Del Rio, Sheamus. Oh, birdie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wasn't that when he threw the burrito on the uh, car or something like that? Was so, that something that stupid feud? like that? And uh, oh, I, I swear they went against each other five pay per views in a row. Yeah. It, it yeah. Was... Oh, there was League of Shame, League of Sheamus, yeah. League of Nations, Sheamus as well with Del Rio and yes. Rusev. And who was the uh, Wade Barrett? Who else was oh, that's right. Yeah. Wade Barrett. Oh yeah. man. So now he's kind of doing. There's a portion of Wade Barrett. This seems to be underlying inside of this uh, new version of Seamus because Wade Barrett himself kind of had a little Guy Ritchie-ness uh, to, to, to the him. point of starring in not quite Guy Ritchie movies that went straight to VOD. <laughs> um, actually, I wouldn't mind checking those out <laughs> um, if they should pop up anywhere streaming. Actually, the one I want to see, yes, like without irony, is I want to see Money Plane with Edge yes! and Kelsey Grammer. Like that. Seems... I, I have I have heard that the best part of money plane is that scene 
that uh, that popped up online where Kelsey okay. Grammer explains Money Plane. Okay, I mean, yeah, and, I, I, and it's a ten out of ten scene. I'm not expecting that to to win any awards outside a of a Razzie. Like a dolphin, Money Plane. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have a morbid curiosity about said film just because I want to see, you know, what Kelsey Grammer will do for money. Uh, essentially, no, uh, no disagreement with you there. Um, so uh, we we are going to get into our standard recaps of of NXT and AEW towards the end of the show but before that mm-hmm. and this could take a while uh oh we wanted to talk about the best month in professional wrestling which we are just days away from the kickoff of that's right it got pushed back due to covid it got pushed back due to what we thought was going to be the period of time that was the tokyo olympics the g1 climax is back from new japan pro wrestling and uh they've announced the full lineup for uh for the G1 uh, it all kicks off September 19th in Osaka and then goes all the way through October 18th uh where i believe it, it wraps up at Sumo Hall uh with a three night stand um we've got the A block we've got the B block and we've got the unofficial C block as uh the young lions will basically be doing a round robin to kick off each show. No additional tags, so uh, you don't need to worry about that filler. It's literally just each night is going to be an A-block show or a B-block show, and you're getting nothing but the matches. Uh, so before we go into the night-by-night lineups, I just want to run down the participants of yeah. each block. The A-block is stacked as hell, and Loaded. that's even with Taichi and Yujiro in it. <laughs> I mean, I think... I don't, I don't know. I, I like Tai Chi. I don't really love the character, um, but I feel like his performance. He's growing as on you, character, isn't he? He's growing on you. I mean, it 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 works for what it is. He's really good at doing that. Yes. If he was, if if the guy who is Tai Chi was able to do anything other than that, I'm not sure. But at doing this character, the heel work that he does for it, I would put him a couple steps above a Yujiro Takahashi. Yeah. Come on. Give the guy some credit. He lip syncs his own music. Yeah, no, he's definitely better than Ujiro. But, you know, we're talking a a C-list guy versus a D-list guy at this point, you know? Um, And and I will say, kind of a surprise, New Japan, whether just by bringing people in two weeks early or working things out with the Japanese government or whatever, will have Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb, Jay White, Kenta, and Juice Robinson in the G1 this year. Something we thought was completely impossible Nevertheless, the A block is Kota Ibushi, Tamahiro Ishii, Kazuchika Okada, Shingo Takagi, Yajiro Takahashi, Taichi, Minoru Suzuki back in the G1 this year, Jeff Cobb, Will Ospreay, and Jay White. Hell that of a lineup. an insanely stacked block right there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of these matches that we're going to get, because everybody in the block goes against everybody else. Yes. So there's you, you're going to get a lot of uh, just styles clash matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ibushi versus Suzuki, I'm very yeah. much looking forward to. Yeah. Um, Takagi and Okada. Yeah, and... We'll, 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 we'll talk about those in just a moment, because I was going to run down night by night in terms of the, the, the ones we're, gotcha, we're looking gotcha. forward to. Uh, but the, the B block... 
not as strong, uh, but still, uh, I mean, look, if the A block wasn't there, the B block would look strong. Uh, but we've got Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroko Goto, Toru Yano, Yoshihashi, Sonata, Tetsuya Naito, Evil, Zack Sabre Jr., Juice Robinson, and Kenta. And uh, it kicks off on September 19th with uh, the following matches. Will Ospreay versus Yujiro Takahashi. Good luck, Will. Jeff Cobb versus Tai Chi. Tamahiro Ishii versus Minoru Suzuki, which yeah. should be fucking awesome. Shingo Takagi versus Jay White, which should be pretty damn good. And yeah. holy fucking shit, Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi in the main event of night one. <laughs> I know. They're really like, okay, all right, guys. I know we pushed it back a couple months, but we're going to start off with uh, with Guns Blazing. And uh, yeah. it doesn't get much more Guns Blazing than a Wrestle Kingdom 14 rematch yes. of uh, Okada and Ibushi. And that match which I've gone back and watched subsequently and is still fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, was just a gem of 2020. Like, really. We're going to be talking about that one in December, hands down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. The, the year kind of peaked on uh, January 4th. <laughs> 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 I don't think anybody would argue that at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely uh, some considerations when we talk about match of the year this year, if we need to talk about a pre-COVID and post-COVID list or or what. Uh, But nevertheless, September 20th, B-Block kicks off with Juice Robinson versus Yoshihashi. Good luck, Juice. Uh, Toru Yano versus Sonata. Night off for everybody. Uh, Hiroki Goto versus Kenta, which might surprise us. Uh, Mm -hmm. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Evil, which will be interesting to see. Modern Evil versus ZSJ. And uh, you know what? Two big stars in your main event. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Tetsuya Naito. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, they they picked the number one and number two seeds to go at each other here. Um, Tanahashi's inclusion is kind of a wild card at this point because right. he kind of had the the comeback win what, two years ago he won the G1? yeah yeah he won in 2018 so and you know he hasn't really had a stellar record this year uh yeah <laughs> he's won maybe a handful of matches and lost a lot of big profile matches right. mostly in the tag division but still um you know is this kind of tana's last big uh, showing in the g1 i'm sure he'll get a couple you know, big wins uh, in there, but do I see him going over Naito in night one? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Naito probably will be going over night one. And I feel like this is going to be uh, a year where Tanahashi is definitely kind of on the losing side of things. Yeah. Uh, we, we've seen <clears throat> the winding down of Tanahashi. Um, the only thing that is kind of a question mark to me because they are split by uh, blocks is if we're going to see any sort of uh, angle continuation with Abushi and Tanahashi, uh, given uh, so much of, of this year has been built around their uh, alliance as a team and an eventual um, fall apart as a team. Uh, yeah. I, I do wonder if we're going to see them against each other. I mean, they were the G1 Climax Finals back in 2018, I, so I don't think we're going to see them as the finals again, but uh, nevertheless worth uh, considering uh, where you know their, their paths may cross during this tour. Uh, September 23, Jeff Cobb versus Shingo Takagi. This is back to the A block. Yes. Kazuchika Okada versus God damn it, Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, that, that's Again. Fast forward through. <laughs> Minoru Suzuki versus Taichi. Tamahiro Ishii versus Will Ospreay. Should be fucking great. Yeah, I'm uh, all for that. And then uh, the main event is a rematch of the G1 Climax 2019 finals. Kota Ibushi versus Jay White. 
And Jay White is one of those guys where um, he's being God, there's like crazy planes going by overhead right now. I'm really <laughs> I, starting I, to worry. I, I, I was wondering what was going on there. Uh, those <laughs> watching the video version, which you can get, of course, on our Patreon, you've probably seen Chris looking off in the middle distance. It's only this time that I actually heard the plane. But yeah, it's uh, starting to get a little worrisome. I don't usually hear that many that low in back to back nature. Anyway, yes. uh, Jay White heavily favored online to be a finalist, if not a winner of the entire thing this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, we haven't seen Jay White since COVID. So, you know, he's Lord knows what was planned prior to then. Right. And if, you know, if Gato is just going to pick up where things left off uh, when the pandemic hit and if there is another Jay White push in store. And I would mm-hmm. Im- imagine he's going to have a really good showing. Um, yeah. If that means him winning. I don't know. I think I, I, I did a pick him thing online and I think I had Jay White winning the whole thing. Yeah. Um, not not because I want him to necessarily, obviously, but because my, it made the most sense to you. Because it made the most sense, yeah, yeah. Book, booking wise. Obviously, if I had to pick a favorite here, it's Shingo. But right. you know, we we all know how I feel about that big muscly dragon over there. Yes. B block continues on September twenty fourth. Hiroki Goto, excuse me, uh, versus Sonata. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Taroyano. Juice Robinson versus Kenta. Another one of those sleeper matches for yeah. the tournament. Yoshihashi versus Evil, and main event of Tatsuya Naito versus Zack Saber Junior. I think we may get Yoshihashi O for the field. Definitely possible. Looking at uh, looking at everyone else he's against, I can't see a great reason to put him over any of them. Like, right. Exactly. Looking at aside from Yano. Oh, yeah, that that's the closest one. And, and even yeah. then, Yano's real purpose seems to be the spoiler more than anything else. So, um, right. So, you know, Yano will get his big roll up uh, distraction victory over somebody like a uh, like a Naito or yeah. uh, I don't know, maybe maybe uh, Tanahashi. Although I think Kenta uh, him getting that over Kenta would be hysterical. Yeah. Ah, I agreed. Holy shit, Chris. Listen to this lineup. It starts bad, but then it's nothing but bangers for September 27th, the A block. Taichi versus Yujiro Takahashi. It's going to be bad. Yeah. But then, once we get through that, we power through. Jeff Cobb versus Minoru Suzuki. Hell yeah. Kota Ibushi versus Tamahiro Ishii. Hell yeah. Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi. Shit yeah. And a main event of Okada versus Jay White as the feud continues. Have they had a singles match since Madison Square Garden? Um, I believe they might have mixed it up in the G1 last year. But Were they in the same block? I don't remember. Uh, but nevertheless, there, there's no yeah. love lost between those two. And Plus with Gato on the outside, there's yeah. going to be shenanigans. Exactly, exactly. I, I, and, you know, it's not every G1 you get uh, a rematch of arguably the best best of the super juniors finals of all time so um very very exciting show on the 27th uh on the 29th we're back with the b block yoshihashi versus sonata zack saber jr versus kenta which could be pretty damn good hell yeah uh hiroshi tanahashi versus juice robinson another sneaky good match yeah uh toriano versus evil and a main event of hiroki goto versus tetsuya naito as goto gets to sniff being in a championship match, but does not actually get to be in one. Does Naito take the shirt off for that match? No, no, no. I, I not, feel not, like not I feel like Naito's going to be forced to take his shirt off throughout this entire tournament. It's it's a lot of house show Naito for uh, the month of September and October. Gotcha. Um, 
September 30th, A Block Action, Minoru Suzuki versus Yujiro Takahashi, uh, Kota Ibushi versus Jeff Cobb, which on paper yeah, sounds like it could be damn good. I, I, this is, I think this is Cobb's second G1, and they were in different blocks last year. Yeah, okay, yeah, hell yeah, I'm for that match. Okada versus Taichi, Osprey versus Jay White, which, you know, if I'm yeah. those guys, you're the top gaijins in New Japan, you want to go out and really really make a uh, a spectacle of it really yes. uh have a great time with that one and then main event this is the roughhouse special right here tamahiro ishii versus shingo takagi pants big, are optional for this match big boys slapping meats and <laughs> just pounding forearms in the chins man that's that's the shit right there yes hook it into my veins indeed october 1st in the b block gives us juice robinson versus toro yano hiroki goto versus zack saber jr Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Yoshihashi, Kenta versus Evil, which could be very interesting as you've got basically yes. the the top uh, guy, two of the top guys in Bullet Club one on one, and then main event of Tetsuya Naito versus Sonata again. Interesting uh, sort of disparity there for um, you know uh, Lij, uh, much how we have Kenta versus Evil, sort of two big names from that group. Mm -hmm. LIJ's 1-1-A star of Naito and Sonata colliding, at least for the heavyweight side of things. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty wild. Um, provided we get effort Sonata and not sleepy time Sonata. Yeah, I mean, that'll be, that'll be you know, something to see. Hopefully the G1 will bring it out of him. You yes. know, somebody like Goto always steps it up in a G1, a G1 uh, yeah. <laughs> in the G1. Yes. So hopefully Sonata will take uh, take note of that and do that as well. October 5th, the A Block, Shingo Takagi versus Yujiro Takahashi, Jeff Cobb versus Jay White, Kazuchika Okada versus Minoru Suzuki, which is always awesome. Yeah. Tomohiro Ishii versus Taichi, and a main event of Kota Ibushi versus Will Ospreay. Yes. October 6th, B Block action, Haruki Goto versus Toriano, Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr., Juice Robinson versus Evil, Yoshihashi versus Tetsuya Naito, and a main event of Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta, which should be about the most pure heel face match of the entire tournament. Probably, yeah. And, um, you know, Kenta loves working over body parts, and no body part has a bigger target on it than the knees of Hiro uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. October 7th, A Block action, another possible best show of the tournament. Ishii versus Yujiro Takahashi. All right, fine. Kazuchika okay. Okada versus Jeff Cobb. Okay. Will Ospreay versus Minoru Suzuki. Yes, that one. That one I'm looking forward to. Yes. Taichi versus Jay White. All right, whatever. But then your main event, Kota Ibushi versus Shingo Takagi. Yeah, man. That I am, uh, we, we're very, eating good that night. Yeah, like I said, that A block, you know, each night you're getting one to two certified bangers. Yes. If not uh, more. October 8th, Goto versus Yoshihashi, Yano versus Zack Sabre Jr., Sonata versus Kenta, Juice Robinson versus Tetsuya Naito, and a main event of Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Evil. Um, October 10th, Ishii versus Jeff Cobb, should be damn fine. Jay White versus Jiro Takahashi, Osprey versus Taichi. And then two back-to-back -back bangers, uh, Abushi versus Minoru Suzuki and Okada versus Shingo. Yep. Real yep, yep, yep. for that one. Yep, 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 uh, yep. October yep, yep. 11th, Yoshihashi versus Zack Sabre Jr., Toriyano versus Kenta, Juice Robinson versus Sonata, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Hiroki Goto, and Naito versus Evil 
in uh, in the main event, continuing the feud between those two. How many ref bumps will we get in that match? Uh, dozens. Dozens. <laughs> Red, Shoe. Red Shoe's better pat his fucking back. Yeah. October 13th, Will Ospreay versus Jeff Cobb in the main event of the match that kicked off the G1 Supercard at MSG. Uh, Kota Ibushi versus Jiro Takahashi. Ta- uh, Shingo Takagi versus Taichi. Minoru Suzuki versus Jay White, which could be very interesting. Yeah. And then an all-chaos main event as it's Kazuchiko Okada versus Tamahiro Ishii. Yep, yep, yep. For it. Uh, October 14th, B-Block action, Yoshihashi versus Kenta, Juice Robinson versus Zack Sabre Jr., Toru Yano versus Tetsuya Naito, Hiroki Goto versus Evil, and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Sonata. I'd say that's probably one of the lower cards of the tournament in terms of overall matches that are probably going to be decent. I think the closest thing to a match that I really want to see from that one is Juice versus ZSJ. Yeah, I mean, I think Juice is primed for a big showing here. Um, Maybe not in terms of his record, but in terms of his performances. Um, You know, I feel like him in the B block and Jeff Cobb in the A block, their their ending um, scores may not be stellar, but I think the way they get those scores or the way they go through those matches is really going to help build their stock. And then we've got the final three nights in the Sumo Hall, and they have stacked these three nights. Of course, October 18th, the final night will be the finals. A block winner versus B block winner. A uh, whole bunch of tags, probably a, a junior title defense by Taiji Ishimori. Um, all, all that fun stuff. Uh, but on October 16th, the final night of the A block, Kota Ibushi versus Taichi, Jeff Cobb versus Yujiro Takahashi, and then these three matches. Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay, which mm-hmm. has always delivered. Tamahiro Ishii versus Jay White, and a main event of Shingo Takagi versus Minoru Suzuki. Yeah, I mean, that being put in the main position is fantastic. And also, that being in the main position also leads me to believe that they love doing some kind of tiebreaker in the mm-hmm. final night of the block mm-hmm. action. So that could bode well for Shingo Takagi's score going through this tournament here. Yeah, and then October 17th, the final night of the B block. Uh, this one may not be as good on paper in terms of in-ring, but in terms of storytelling, this is going to be a big night. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. The feud continues. Mm-hmm. Juice Robinson versus Hiroki Goto as uh, basically the, the top... Uh, American star really tries to make his name versus the guy who uh, could have been but never was. Yano versus Yoshihashi, which is a comedy match in every sense of the word. (laughs) Then back-to-back, Tetsuya Naito versus Kenta, running back Mm. the New Beginning main event from earlier this year. And probably the match filled with dramatics, provided one of them wakes up and realizes he needs to do what needs to be done. Sonata versus Evil. Yeah, I mean, hopefully Sonata is uh, at a point physically and emotionally to be able to go into this match and exact some revenge here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but we will see. I mean, the G1, as as it said, is the most grueling month in pro wrestling. So a yeah. lot of um, a lot of stiff hits, a lot of crazy bumps, a lot of uh, just outstanding action is coming our way over the next 30 some days and uh very much excited to see how things pan out uh i said i think jay white's gonna win overall who who you got what are you thinking um i i haven't entirely landed on it i i will say i think my my top three okay are jay white shingo and will osprey i feel like an a block i feel like it's it's an a block year Mm -hmm. for sure 
I'm not sure which of those three, because you could make arguments for each one of them being the guy. You can make arguments for a half dozen of those guys. That, that's true. But I, I, I feel like, you know, Abushi's won it in recent years, so he's not going to win it this year. Tana won it recently, so it's not going to be him. Okada's won it multiple times. Yeah, o- o- Okada's going to be tied up with the albatross that is the KOPW uh, uh, <laughs> trophy. You know, yeah. I, I don't... I, I don't necessarily foresee Sonata getting the, the trigger pulled because he is definitely like the new generation version of Goto where he's always going to be nearly the guy, but I don't think he's yeah. ever going to be the guy. So, you know, it, it, it comes down to Jay White because Gato obviously loves the guy and Jay was in the finals last year and there's very much kind of this trend of person who lost in the finals a year before Win tends to next. come back wins next year um and i think osprey's just ready like he is i mean this is going to be our first time seeing him in ring as you know big, big swole, billy big swole billy uh yeah. and, and see what that does to his in-ring game but um you know it, it's basically him and jay is like one one a when it comes to being the top foreign star for new japan so yeah. Although, if we're uh, to, you know, cut through the bullshit here, uh, there's a bit of a, uh, a stink on Will Ospreay this year. That's true. So, I feel like that may hurt his chances. I'm not sure how much, you know, the New Japan execs pay attention to wrestling Twitter. Yeah. Um, I, considering they've done nothing Twitter, so far and they, they yeah. had uh, Elgin there up until, you know, the DMs got leaked of Elgin making fun of um, Jeff Cobb. Uh, I, I feel like they kind of have a blind eye to it for better or for worse. Um, and you know, I, I certainly understand why people are reacting the way they are, uh, about Will Ospreay. I understand why people are, are making the moves that they're doing. Um, I, I don't know if you saw Chris, but, uh, beloved, uh, Twitter gift maker, uh, Larry Etto, uh, said yeah. that he will not gif anything Will Ospreay does moving forward. And he's, he, you know, he says, he said that he admits it's kind of silly to, you know, to make a stand like that and just making gifts. But like you, you have to sort of as make a stand where you can, yeah, make a stand where you can. And, and also as a, as a creative person, um, pick and choose your battles and choose who you want to amplify and who you don't want yeah. to amplify. Uh, well, and, I mean, and that'll yeah. cut back at least, you know, 18 to 20 percent of his of his work during the G1. That's true. That, <laughs> that's that's very, very true. Gettable. Very, very true. So it'll be very, very interesting to see. Um, hey, Chris, in the middle yeah. of the in the dead middle of this show, before we go into our, um, I guess, Wednesday Night Wars coverage, although the shows are split this week. One was on Tuesday. One was on Wednesday. Can yeah. I throw out a quick plug? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, hi, uh, Rough House listeners. I don't typically make the stand, but because this is kind of a, a, a big important moment, uh, for us at the, uh, super art fight side of things, I thought I would turn to you and, and, uh, see if any of you would be so inclined to, uh, check something out with and for me this coming Thursday night, sep- uh, September 17th. Super Art Fight is going to be a part of PAX Online. For those who don't know what PAX is, uh, it's one of the biggest nerd conventions in the world focusing on video games. This year, they took it completely online, and we have a very prime spot. Um, And it's going to sound silly when I say what it is East Coast time, but remember, they're West Coast based. Thursday night, September 17th at 11 p.m. Eastern, which is 
8 p.m. Pacific. So we're given given a prime time spot. Uh, Super Art Fights doing a show in the main PAX Twitch. Wow. Um, so kind of a, a big opportunity for us. I know I I foolishly don't speak too much about my outside ventures on this show, um, even though I do actually plug this podcast on our Twitch shows. Oh, so you. maybe I should uh, remember to, to, to pay it forward in the opposite direction. But yeah, twitch.tv slash PAX, P-A-X. That's Thursday night. I know it's a late night for our the uh, East Coast folks, but I know we've got people a little bit of everywhere. So um, yeah, 11 p.m. Eastern, Thursday night. Super Art Fight is going to be part of PAX. If you've never seen Super Art Fight, it's basically Pictionary meets Pro Wrestling. I'm one of the co-hosts slash commentators, so you'll hear a friendly voice that you know and love, and um, it should be a really, really fun show. So yeah, please, OG538, come out in force and join the fun Thursday night. Is is it live? Are you doing it live? It is live. It is live. So it's going to be a late night for me, but... Um, it's not that late really, you know, it's, it's an hour long panel, so we're going to be done by midnight. So it it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, uh, I was very, uh, surprised and flattered that they gave us kind of this prime spot and they have three different channels. They're putting us on the primary channel also. So, uh, yeah, I, I would like to deliver. So (laughs) no pressure. Yeah. No no pressure. No pressure whatsoever. Um, yeah. So thank you. OG 538. All right. Anyway, let's talk about uh, the the wrestling war that is NXT versus AEW. Before we get in too deep on the shows themselves, a little bit of meta talk, as both NXT and AEW this week did some of the highest ratings they have done all year. Mm -hmm. Uh, NXT pulling in roughly 830, 850,000 viewers on Tuesday night. AEW unopposed coming off the pay-per-view doing 1.01 million. Um, Very respectable, especially in an era that uh, you have a raw doing a 1.5 to 1.7 million. Um, It's very interesting to see how each show is doing on their own. And rumor has it Fightful was reporting it yesterday that uh, the USA network is getting in the ear of WWE and saying, Hey, this Tuesday night experiment. Yeah, it was for hockey, but it's worked out really well for us. So uh, how about yeah. you uh, move NXT permanently? I feel like, um, I don't know. I, I feel like they can make all the stink that they want. Uh, but, I, I, you know, who who makes the final call? Is it the network or is it Vince McMahon? Um, yeah, you know, they, I, they I don't can, know which the side the pants are on right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like Vince moving NXT to Wednesday was for the exact reason um, – and which is for them to siphon viewers away from AEW. And yeah. as it showed this week, as AEW ran unopposed, that plan has worked. So in Vince McMahon's mind, he's right and justified to have done that. Um, he already has this deal signed with Wednesday nights and NXT and USA Network and NBC Universal, all that bullshit. Yeah. Um, and I feel like in Vince's mind, he, he's not worried about the ad revenue of an NXT, he's worried about um, trying to prevent AEW from getting to a level that he really has to become concerned about them. Yeah, uh, I, I certainly understand that. And I, I think there's kind of, you know, uh, two sides you have to play here, which is um, 
on paper, if the idea was to sort of nip AEW in the bud by taking NXT, which uh, was on the network Wednesday nights, you know, actually putting it on a cable network versus a streaming network right. on Wednesday nights, right? Um, you know, to to sort of uh, kill off the or, or to snuff out the flame of AEW before it can really catch fire. They got a four year extension. So yeah. in in some degree, if that was your your MO to uh, take down AEW, you kind of already failed at your main purpose. And at a point, you have to start looking at, yes, they've got a few more years until things are up for renewal. Is it smarter to be more important to a network by drawing more viewers? And yes, any night you put it on, even opposed or excuse me, opposing uh, AEW, what NXT has been able to do is far better than the average USA show. And, and USA really doesn't have too many shows right now. We are not in the era of burn notice and suits <laughs> and, you know, all of these shows where people were Pacific watching. Blue, uh, you know. yeah. <laughs> I love them, Nikita. Um, Silk stockings where people were actually taking the time to watch a USA show on USA. Like, I think. Uh, there have been a few different shows that they've tried to to make big, but nothing's really stuck. So Psych? WWE well, that was a show, right? That was on USA Psych. Yes, 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 it yeah. was. With okay, Dulé Hill. Right. Um, Related to Drew Hill? <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Um, but there there hasn't been like these shows. I mean, even the closest thing they had, uh, the Critical Darling, but uh, ratings nightmare that was Mr. Robot, like. That's the best they've oh, had. Yeah. Um, that show. So if I'm USA, you know, yes, wherever they put WWE programming, it does the best for them and, and what have you. But you probably would rather say to advertisers, hey, we have a show that draws 800, 900,000 people versus we have a show that draws six to 700,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get both. I get both arguments. Yeah. Um, and, and it just comes to the stubbornness of Vince McMahon versus the network TV leverage of NBC Universal, and who's gonna who's gonna give in first? Uh, I honestly, I think, you know, I, I, it makes less drama uh, for them to be on different nights. Yeah. You know, in terms of shit, we have to talk about more, you know, head to head sort of things, and you know, Uncle Dave breaking down segment by segment, quarter hour by quarter hour, which mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which segment outdrew the other, and who flipped over when, and stuff like that. Um, right. You know, I re- I skim over that shit really. I don't, <laughs> I don't really care that yeah, much. Yeah, no, no. There but, there are people who care a lot about it. Yeah. At, at least personally, you know, like I said, when AEW started. And perhaps selfishly to a point, I want more wrestling fans in this world, not just because I like pro wrestling, not just because I think there can be pro wrestling beyond WWE. I don't want WWE dead. I mean, I was I spent time at the top of the show talking about, hey, here are things that they're doing actually well. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want them gone, but I want more variety more types more if if someone's like oh i think wwe's really cheesy i'd love to be able to point to them and say well have you tried this have you tried this and it be something that's accessible something you don't need to spend ten dollars a month to stream from japan or or, or what have right. you what i wanted from the jump was AEW to not be 
the number one. I want him to be the alternative. And they've proven to be that. And again, possibly selfishly, because more types of wrestling means more fans of wrestling. More friends of wrestling means more potential listeners for this very podcast. Yeah. Now, granted. That would be swell. We do a terrible job promoting this show. But still. Yes, I guess we do. still. It would be nice to have a a wider base of fans to enjoy this thing that we love very, very much. And so far, I think they've done a good job of it. And I do think if it were split, it'd be easier for these shows to delineate themselves. And I can say, at least personally, you know, I found myself Tuesday night. I didn't have anything to do. I have cable. I was able to watch NXT completely uninterrupted. I watched it live. I thought the show was damn fun for the most part. Yeah, it was, you know, a special episode and everything, but I felt more compelled than usual to just sit and watch the full thing of NXT, not fast forward through anything, not, you know, I I gave 100% of my attention versus when I'm trying to, like, follow up on things and make sure I have notes for this, that, and whatever. Like, it was a lot easier. And honestly... I prefer easier than harder any day. <laughs> I'm a lazy motherfucker. Yeah. So I, uh, I I am with you on that. Um, but I don't watch NXT anymore. So yes. I took my moral stand of until Eric Bugenhagen, Rick Boogs, gets on uh, TV regularly that I'm not watching NXT. So I've, I've stayed true to that. I haven't even watched it on Hulu. I'll scroll through Twitter and see some things. And you were texting me throughout the show on Tuesday with some things. So, you know, I'm completely WWE free right now. Um, So which is weird because it's the first time in over a decade that I, uh, you know, have been. But, um, you know, like you said, there's the alternative now. And uh, thanks to you, I'm super deep in a new Japan now. So this is uh, there are other things out there and we want other people to enjoy them as well. Right. But uh, but yeah, that's, you know, uh, NXT or I'm sorry, Dynamite isn't going anywhere. And uh, if rumors are to be believed before the end of this year, their second weekly nightly show should be debuting Mm -hmm. uh, in the calendar year 2020. And we're running out of calendar year in 2020 for that to happen. So (laughs) I'm expecting an announcement uh, in the next couple weeks here. Uh, as to when I think it's supposed to be an hour long show. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's that's being said. Yeah. Hopefully it's just not on Wednesday. I don't need a three hour dynamite. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, throw it on uh, throw Saturday. It on Thursday. Sa- Saturday. Saturday could be cool. Yeah. Uh, Saturday at six oh five. You know, do it yeah. old school. Uh, exactly. You know, Co- Cody fucking loves that shit, man. He, uh, you know, if it was if uh, NWA WCW nostalgia was in liquid form, it would be in an IV in Cody Rhodes' arm right now. Yes, uh, directly to that his veins. is 100% his shit. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, I get it. You know, if if my dad was a famous person who you know was in the heyday of something like, you know. It, I don't even know how to equate it. My dad painted cars for a living. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I have zero interest in anything he did. Um, But that's a whole that's a that's a whole other therapy filled podcast that we don't have to get into right now. Maybe not today, but eventually we will. Yeah, on a uh, pa- special Patreon edition. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you're, 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 I don't know. I don't know it's if the people cry know house. this, but you, 
you are uh, you're quietly getting your uh, your masters in psychology on the side to to help me through my problems <laughs> on a Patreon. So uh, thank you to that, Marty, and yes. I appreciate all your due diligence and thousands of dollars being sent on spent on schooling to help me through my shit. Yeah, exclusively to help Chris. Uh, yeah. So you'll, you'll straight up the license once I'm cured. <laughs> so let's get into it. NXT Super Tuesday two. Super Tuesday 2 kicked off with the decision match for the NXT World Championship as it was Finn Balor versus Adam Cole. This match fucking ruled and more importantly, praise God, it was a clean finish that did not involve Pat McAfee at all. <laughs> Co-signed. Uh, very happy that it was uh, it was clean and there was no Pat McAfee. I questioned when you texted me that they were, you know, getting this done right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, I questioned that strategy because if you're giving away your big marquee match right away, what's to keep you tuned into the show throughout um, yes. throughout the rest of the two hours? And I didn't look at the ratings breakdown to see how you know how many people left over um, over that time. But what was the actual main event of the show? What went on last? Uh, the actual main event of the show was a cage match between Rhea Ripley and Mercedes Martinez. And um, from what I uh, no, I, I did not look at the the breakdown of yeah. of segment by segment because, like you, my eyes start to glaze over. Um, oh but based off of how it was uh, described verbally on uh, Wrestling Observer Radio, both shows actually stayed pretty consistent between segment to segment. You know, you you basically saw you know little shifts of like ten, fifteen, twenty thousand people here and there, but. It actually held pretty steady. Uh, the explanation I gave you and, um, you know, I, I think it made the most sense was this match was supposed to have no time limit. So right. they put it on first under the idea of, hey, if this needs to take the whole show, it could take the whole show. Um, but uh, of course that would never happen. No, not at all. There's no reason for us to have a two hour match. But it, uh, it did have pitcher and pitcher. It was very, very good. Uh, Cole and, and Finn just worked their asses off and a real sick finish as Balor hits a top rope 1916 for the win. Um, very good match. Very much recommended. You check it out. Uh, okay. So here's, I, I just, I was looking up as you were talking about it. Yeah. The high point of the show for overall viewers yeah. was the Ripley versus Martinez cage match. Oh, wow. The high point for 1849 was the second half of Cole versus Balor. High point for 1834 was Cole versus Balor. High point 3549 was Ripley versus Martinez. Show opened with 812,000 viewers and uh, 292,000 in 1849. Um, and then, yeah, so that's actually really good for them. They got up to 918,000 for Ripley versus Martinez. Damn. So, hmm, okay, the, the ladies did it. Yeah. You know? You know, maybe maybe that push to Rhea Ripley wasn't a bad idea. No, no. <laughs> well, speaking of Rhea, uh, after the match, we had a quick promo from her talking about the cage match and how she's going to show Mercedes Martinez she's a nightmare. Uh, I, I know I've said this before, makeup gun very strong on Rhea Ripley lately. Um, I I recognize they're probably trying to make her look more monstrous or whatever. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the look. I personally. feel like they're going for like this 80s, you know, like crazy high fashion sort of. I don't know, uh, 
blade. I don't know. I want to say Blade Runnery, but like the the makeup around the yeah, eyes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of. So I don't know if they're going dystopian future because that's what we're living in right now or what. Um, but it feels like there's or, or her. I don't know whose decision it was, but uh, I feel like there's some kind of decision there to to do it that way. And I you know, I don't hate it, um, but she yeah. doesn't need it. I don't think. But you know, yeah, whatever, whatever they're going for there. She's a baby face though, so yes. Uh, yes. maybe not make it's... her this sort of hideous, you know, over, over uh, makeup thing. I don't know. What yeah, it, it's it's a bit much. Um, then we go back to the back where Finn Balor is getting back congratulated by William Regal and Triple H, and Adam Cole walks hey, up to him, says Balor was the better better man that night, gave him a two sweet, and then Balor cut a quick promo saying everyone want to know why he returned to NXT and he points to that belt. Now, look, uh, I, I got, I got a little, little tiny bit of flack about something I said, uh, on, on our socials. I still hold to the idea that Finn coming down from the main roster and winning the NXT title subverts the entire idea of what NXT is supposed to be. That you, you have a 39-year-old guy who already was a world champion on the main roster as your champion of your, you know, next generation brand. It's literally yeah. what NXT is supposed to mean. Um, right. I'm not in love with him being the guy, but I also recognize they were in a rock and a hard place scenario with the loss of Killer Cross. Sorry, Carrying Cross. Uh it was the best of the options they had, but I feel like they should have had more options handy. I feel like it's it, it's a bigger indicative issue that those were the four options they picked. And that was my argument a couple yeah. weeks ago when yeah. the fatal four-way happened. So, you know, uh, yeah. I, I, I agree. I am in solidarity with you, my friend. Um, you know, it, but also when NXT was formed, it wasn't on uh, basic cable against another wrestling show. So yeah. the dynamics have changed slightly in that, you know, you're, you're trying to get ratings in and Finn Balor is a known draw for both NXT and the main roster. So I, I get the business decision, but, you know, maybe you have to update your mission statement. Uh, right, right, right. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's just weird. The, the best way I can put my overall feelings about this is, they gave me pizza and I like pizza, but I don't know. I really wanted ribs or something else out of this. Like, <laughs> like it's something I enjoy and it's perfectly fine. But you know, I, I wanted ribs. They gave You've me eaten a lot of pizza. Yeah. They, I've eaten a lot of pizza, but they're, you know, in my gut, I wanted ribs and they're like, but we have pizza, you know, hamburgers, Chinese food, and uh, I don't know, chicken fingers. And I'm like, but I really want ribs. You guys like, give me, yeah. Give me, give me that, give me that little something extra. Anyway, um, we had another backstage segment, which I thought was pretty clever in terms of how they just sort of bounced from thing to thing. You had Robert Stone. He's being interviewed backstage and he noticed the mini tank of Shotzi Blackheart mm -hmm. was being left alone. So he pulls out a bat and he looks like he's going to bash the tank. But here comes Shotzi Blackheart out of nowhere. So Robert Stone drops the bat, starts to beg off while, uh, while he begs off, Shotzi hits him with a forearm strike. And out of nowhere, here comes Aaliyah. Aaliyah okay. starts brawling with Shotzi. As they brawl, they fall through this petition, uh, not petition, partition, 
Did, did and... she pick herself up and try again? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> unlike the real Leah. Uh... Oh, it's too soon. It's too soon. <laughs> so they fall through this partition, and in doing so, they bump into Io Shirai, who's having a photo shoot. So Io gets all pissed off and chases Aaliyah to the ring. And then EO and uh, Shotzi beat the crap out of uh, Aaliyah in the ring. So I, okay. I, I just was like, oh, that's fun. Like, it, it's a living, breathing universe, which is one of those things I enjoy in pro wrestling. That, so Aaliyah's know, getting her title shot next week, is what you're um, saying. Actually, the hint was uh, at the end, because uh, Shotzi picked up the title belt and handed it to okay. uh, EO. And they, they had longing eyes. So we'll see what, what happens there. She's going to need a fucking tank to beat EO Shirai. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano were waiting for their dinner guest, who was Tegan Knox. Um, okay. This was basically just a, another dumb, you know, dinner time Wait, segment. Isn't isn't Tegan Knox a face? She is, but so why Candace would she be having really dinner? wanted to be friends with uh, Tegan. They're, they're, be- they're... Because of the Captain Marvel inspired gear, is that uh, really the only thing there that they <laughs> could enjoy? Uh, well, they they wanted to sort of uh, sort of hash things out, even though they're now okay. facing heel. They wanted to hash things out. Um, we would come back to this later on. Anyway. Oh, okay. Okay. Timothy Thatcher was doing another seminar and said he's studying Damian Priest to build to their North American title match. We had a very quick squash as uh, accused uh, sexual uh, groomer Velveteen Dream. One on one with Ashanti the Adonis. Wow, that is a fucking name right there. Anyway, quick match. Dream hit his Dream Over DVD thing. Wait, wasn't Ashanti a, an R and B artist as well? Yes. Okay, so we have Aaliyah and Ashanti. And so also is, uh, uh, Ashanti the Adonis. Uh, the the uh, the is uh, like Megan the Stallion with the two E's. Uh, yes. Uh, anyway, uh, and Mara Ronaldo is gone. I mean, come yeah, on, you missed yeah. your opportunity on that. Exactly. Cut bait. Cut bait. So uh, Adonis gets uh, gets squashed very quickly, and here comes Kushida just to constantly punch Velveteen Dream in the face. So basically, Kushida is the greatest hero. In the history of pro wrestling, had a really fun video package building up uh, Brazongo. Uh, okay. So, uh, you know, talk about how there's great team, how they worked really hard to earn it, and uh, how they are going to n- next week go against Imperium for those tag team titles. We cut back to the dinner party at the Gargano house. Uh, things were getting very awkward, so Johnny excused himself, and then Tegan and Candace started debating. Started making out on the table. One would hope, but no. They started debating about who was at fault for ending their friendship, and then we go back to the ring for a match as we've got Bronson Reed against Austin Theory. This was really damn good, even though Austin Theory also grooms teenagers. Um, Bronson Reed has a fucking awesome new Titan Tron. Yeah. Have, have yeah, you they seen this? They puffed on him. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Bronson Reed like romping and stomping through a city as if he's Stay Puff or, or Godzilla. Yeah. It, it fucking rules. As did this. No match. one steps in a church in Perth, Australia. <laughs> or wherever he's from in Australia. I don't know. I just Perth came to mind. Yes. Um, so uh, <laughs> Bronson Reed ended up winning clean with the Senton. So the Bronson Reed push continues. Thank God. Good. Adam Cole backstage doing an interview, putting over Finn Balor, saying he's a better man this night. But he said, hey, we have a rematch. 
it's gonna be a very very different outcome so cole's definitely a full baby face now but he didn't he didn't say it would be too sweet no he did not say it'd be too sweet Roddy Strong versus Killian Dane. Roddy Strong goes over after some interference from Bobby Fish. So there ends up being some uh, fighting post-match between Bobby Fish and Roddy Strong beating up Killian Dane. Out comes Drake Maverick once again. He's got a pipe. He uh, gets his butt kicked. Like Mr. Belvedere? (laughs) Belvedere smoking a pipe? Uh, No, no, no. Like a metal pipe. Oh, okay. For, All right. I was like, is he, is he coming out with like a Hugh Hefner uh, smoking jacket and a pipe, a bubble pipe, like uh, like yes. Bart Simpson, just blowing bubbles. And <laughs> that would be amazing. Get destroyed by uh, um, Robert Roberto Pescado and uh, Roderick Strong. That would be amazing. Um, okay. I mean, I'm available, NXT guys. Hey, Paul. Yeah. Uncle yeah. Paul. <laughs> Holler. Yeah. Sean. Paul. Yeah. Somebody. Sean Paul. Sean Paul. <laughs> hey, man, he's got the yeah. right temperature yeah. for it, so give, it's okay. Give Chris the light. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Can we just do the rest of the show with <laughs> fucking mentions of R&B and hip-hop stars? The way um, this show's going, I think we're going to have quite a few of them. Okay. It's calling me the KCD or JoJo. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, all my life, man. Yeah. I'm waiting for a co-host <laughs> like you. <laughs> Anyway, um, it looked like that uh, the UE Ooh. were about to bag it up, but uh, Killian Dane grabbed the pipe. He got no diggity and uh, chased them <laughs> no away. Uh, <laughs> and because, of course, this this bit in particular continues to make no sense, Drake Maverick put his hand out, so Killian Dane hit him. So I have no idea what they're doing with any of this. Killian Dane doesn't want friends. No. no he doesn't want pint-sized little British friends. Um, continuing on with the spice up his life, uh, (laughs) every boy and every girl, um, we continue on with the Gargano dinner party. Uh, (sighs) it looks like Tegan Knox and Candice LeRae were actually getting together. They were toasting to their rekindled friendship. Candice said, Hey, you know, Tegan, you had your chance to defeat Io Shirai, but you lost. So if anyone's going to beat Io Shirai, it's going to be me. It's going to be me. Yes. So Tegan got all pissed off and said, hey, you've never beaten Neo Shirai either. So they ended up having a food fight in the house. Uh, okay. And uh, the fight continued and they ended up breaking Johnny Gargano's TV, which depressingly was not a very, very tiny television mounted on a wall. That would have been really the bit that, that put this dinner party over. Okay. Anyway, uh, Damian Priest cut a promo on Timothy Thatcher as we're going to have that North American title match next week. Um, So basically you have three big matches for next week, that North American title match uh, between Damian Priest and Timothy Thatcher. You have Brazongo defending against Imperium and then uh, in a non-title match, Io Shirai against Shotzi Blackheart. So I guess Shotzi might win that one and then lose at TakeOver. Okay. Then your main event was Rhea Ripley against Mercedes uh, Mer- bleh, take two Rhea Ripley versus Mercedes Martinez in a cage match. This was pretty damn good. Unsurprising because you've got two of the best women in pro wrestling right there. It did, became, uh, did Stan Lee come up with their names? Cause it, it is, certainly uh, sounds like it, right? Alliterative to all hell right there. <laughs> uh, but it ended up being, uh, you know, one of those cage matches with a shit ton of weapons, um, kendo sticks, chair shots, tables, all that fun stuff. The um, oh main event was a rip tied off the top rope through a table. 
uh, Rhea Ripley gets the pin and wins the feud. So damn fine show for Tuesday night. And then on the other side of the dial, on the other night, we had AEW Dynamite back live on TNT coming off of All Out. Um, I know All Out was kind of a mixed bag, uh, at least from critical response, but this was a damn fine show, both with closing some angles and building some new ones. Show kicks off. Tony Schiavone's outside, and he's interviewing Chris Jericho and MJF as they arrive at the building. They Simultaneously. Uh, yes. They both take the moment to say, hey, you know, you got screwed it all out. No, you got screwed it all out. And hey, I'm going to be the AEW champion soon. No way I'm going to be the AEW champion soon. Well, good luck, guys. They walk away. They do a split screen. Nice touch. And they both called each other idiots. So, yeah. Guess we're going to get some uh, MJF Jericho stuff in the not too distant future. We go to the ring and it is the Jurassic Express of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with Marco Stunt on the outside. Uh, They're going against the Lucha Bros of Penta El Zero M and Ray Phoenix with the entire crew, Eddie Kingston, Butcher and the Blade uh, hanging out. I thought this match was super fun. Um, and just a fun note, we were supposed to get this on like the second or third dynamite when yeah. Luchasaurus hurt himself. Yeah, Which, that's right. Uh, the tag tournament to crown the first uh, first tag champions. There. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the wait was worth it uh, because the match was really fun. Everybody had moments to highlight their own sorts of things there. Uh, but the match ended with some miscommunication from the brothers Lucha. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Pentagon ended up giving Phoenix a destroyer or a pile driver or something of that nature. Um and that uh, caused Phoenix to get pinned by Jungle Boy after uh, it was uh, Penta who got pinned by Jungle Boy. It was Penta. Boy. Who got yes. Pinned. Okay. Um, so Jungle Boy gets a big pin. They were putting that over huge. So uh, definitely a, a big moment for Jurassic Express. And then afterwards, we had a promo uh, as Penta and Phoenix are shoving each other. They need to be pulled apart by Butcher and Blade. Kingston grabs a mic and says, "Hey, look, I'm here for you guys. We all have each other's back." Uh, a moment I absolutely loved. He said to Penta, "You, you're my best friend." He, he's okay. You're my best friend. <laughs> Loved that. Uh, yeah. said, Hey, look, you know, your, your creepy British guy isn't here. I've got your back. I'm your buddy. Um, uh, also, uh, mentioned the, uh, alley thing. Uh, yeah. Where's your wife? Where's your wife? Thought that was good. And, and he made everybody, you know, hug and make up and Kingston said, Hey, I don't know if you noticed, but I wasn't eliminated from the casino battle royale at all out. So that's going to be kind of a hanging chat over AEW because if you think back to the show, he was not put over the top rope. He himself went to the outside, went on the top rope and was eliminated from there. So I guess they're going to pick that back up. Sure. I mean, you know, I like uh, Kingston getting tossed into a uh, singles program at this point. Um, I also really enjoy the idea of Pentagon just losing his shit and yes. snapping on everybody yes. and just going through and running back his old Lucha Underground gimmick of just breaking people's arms uh, and just wreaking havoc on everybody. Um, you know, I like the big team of everybody also, but mm-hmm. uh, man, Pentagon's such a fucking dope uh, character. And this got me really very, very see. hyped for yeah. a, a Penta Phoenix match. Hell yeah. I oh, think it, it, I, I still think that's where time, it's going. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's nothing new, but yeah. it hasn't been done here. 
um i i i definitely think it's it's coming at, at some point um we had a lance archer jake roberts promo and here's what i took away from it jake's a damn fine promo but lance doesn't need him lance is actually yeah. a really good promo on his own uh yeah. in fact of the two guys i thought lance's promo was better than jake's jake is kind of just old and rambly at this point <laughs> you know he's old man yeah. yelling at cloud and yeah. sure he's an established a legend legendary old man yelling at a cloud but you know at the same time lance can handle himself um so yeah I, I'm, I'm with you uh i don't know how long this marriage is gonna last between the two but right. um you know if it if and when it does end lance will be okay on his own yes now here comes matt hardy for a promo and I thought for sure this was going to lead to an angle. I'm yeah. watching this promo the whole time, and I thought it was going to lead to an angle. And Matt cuts this promo, the most babyface promo of all time. It's great to be in front of a live audience. Thank everybody at home for watching. I, I you know, it took a really scary fall at all out. Grateful for all the love and support for the fans. He said, you know, got all these tests. He's going to be making a full recovery. And, you know, he pointed out to, he pointed out his wife, Reby, in the crowd, which, man, that must have been a scary locker room when she popped up. Just saying <laughs> um, based based off of how she was going off on Twitter. Um, but he said, you know, I, I want to apologize. That's gimmick, though. Yes, true. Well, I want to apologize to the fans uh, about the match all out not being what I wanted to be. He said maybe it's best that, you know, he and Sammy uh, aren't fighting anymore because if it kept ramping up someone was going to get hurt even worse and he said look when i get cleared i'm coming back i'm going for my first title my journey's far from over and AEW fans are the best music hits walks out yeah that's it i i, I thought for sure someone was going to come out and pile driver him or something but no it was just actually a really genuine outpouring of Honesty, love, and affection. I, I, I was and stunned. Damage control. Yes, and damage control. <laughs> Very important damage control. But I was. That was. It was first and foremost damage control. Yes. Uh, let's not let's not get it twisted here. And you know we both love AEW, but they fucked up last Saturday. So uh, yes. this was one hundred percent trying to make things right. And then he even I think he later tweeted. Um, or maybe he said in his promo that he private party has a match next week and he's going to be there to support them or something. Oh, nice. So Matt Hardy's still going to be around and on TV, yeah. just not performing at the moment. And if it's true that he's not clear now, then he yeah. shouldn't have been cleared to finish the match on this fucking Saturday. So by saying that, they even admitted their own fault by trying to cover yeah. it up and make good on it. So, you know, hopefully uh, they've learned from this, uh, you know, because things are going to go wrong in the future. Things go wrong from, you know, anywhere and everywhere uh, yes. from the the smallest indie of, you know, three people in the crowd to WrestleMania. Things go wrong. So, um, you know, it'll happen again. But hopefully they all use this as a learning experience to, to not let it happen again. But in terms of the damage control, like you said, I think they handled it, you know, pretty well and not uh, subverting the um, expectations there as they did later on in another segment as well. Yes. Kind of, uh, you know, w works to AEW's benefit. Very much so. Um, then we had a, a quick squash as OC defeated Anhalico. 
Um, nice seeing Helico on Dynamite again. Did you see the uh, back and forth that Jack Evans that. had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, about uh, late last night, early this morning, somebody tweeted Jack Evans asking or saying something about how AEW is mistreating them. And Jack Evans, to his credit, really kind of you know cut through the bullshit and kind of told the story of what's been going on. That he, yeah. you know, his ring cardio wasn't up to where it needed to be. He was dealing with some kind of uh, fracture in his face as well, mm-hmm. or head, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and he full on admitted that he and Angelico and Helico are terrible at pitching ideas to the bookers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, so, you know, makes sense. But, hey, they, they're on TV. Uh, they look good. Uh, just only was a little bummed that we did get in Helico's weird little dance uh, as he comes out. It got cut <laughs> off by uh, a recap of the yeah. um, um, OC, Mosa Mayhem uh, match. Thing, yeah. Yes. But yeah, OC went over, and uh, shortly after, here comes Santana and Ortiz. They're beating the crap out of OC, outrun Trent and Chuck Taylor, and uh, Trent and Chuck challenge Santana and Ortiz to a fight in the parking lot next week. Which on was Dynamite. supposed to happen a couple months ago, if I'm not mistaken, right? It, it was supposed to be the Lucha Bros versus the uh, best friends in a parking right. lot match. So we're, we're, we're getting the same. I believe that was supposed to happen the same week as um, Blood and Guts, actually. Okay. Um, but, you know, uh, COVID kind of threw a wrench in every possible gear. So we didn't yeah. get that. But I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. And I think it's probably going to be a good match uh, on Thursday night, I think it was. Or maybe it was Friday morning. Jim Ross tweeted out uh, uh, a note of uh, congratulations and thanks to uh, Ortiz, Santana, Chucky, and uh, Trent for a great match. So, um because okay. they, they taped everything on Thursday. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very much looking forward to see how that plays out. Was this uh, the Jim Ross also tweet out about uh, another wardrobe, hopeful <laughs> wardrobe malfunction? From Did one you of the notice he was on his best behavior on Wednesday? Oh, uh, he was definitely, yeah, he, he was definitely checking uh, more tentative with his words. Than yeah, in yeah, times there past. was a lot less JR shtick on this show. Yeah, the, I don't know, the commentary seemed off, uh, seemed not up to snuff on Wednesday. Tony, Tony seemed tired or disinterested in some of the things Excalibur was doing his damnedest. Um, yeah. but it nothing, it wasn't really, wasn't firing on all, on all cylinders the other day. Alex Marvez somehow still employed, somehow not Justin Schlegel, uh, was knocking on the door of the young bucks locker room. He opens the door and he got kicked in the fucking face, which is a gif I've just been watching on repeat lately. I'll tell you one thing. Justin would have taken a better bump than Marvez. That's for goddamn sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Glasses would have flown in the air. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Justin so, would still be wearing a neck brace. Yes. So Marvez super kicked. And then here's Tony Schiavone. He calls out Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford as, as Kip Sabian's going to reveal the best man for his wedding. Uh, yeah, they, they took way too long to get to it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sabian plugged his Twitch channel, asked Tony Schiavone to leave the ring and said, here's my best man. Here comes, of all people, somewhat obscure indie wrestler Puff. Who is a four hundred pound fat guy, and he's like, yep, no, never no, heard. no, 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 you're you're not the best man. I said you're the best for following me on Twitch. So okay, he's gone. So Sabian says, all right, here is the best man, and here comes Brian Pillman Jr. And yeah. even though it was Brian Pillman Jr.'s birthday, he said, no, it wasn't you. I just texted you and said you're the best, comma, man. So it's not him. He said, no, no, really, here's the best man. And to the shock and surprise of everyone, up to and including your very own Rough House hosts, 
here comes Miro. Yeah, I like the way they did it too. They they hit the music and then they cut to a uh, camera following somebody outside of the tunnel. And, yes. and by the back, you couldn't really tell who it was because of the ridiculous clothes and the you know uh, slim shady hairstyle. Yeah, short cropped, uh, blonde. Yeah. And here comes Rusev. Rusev has made his way into all elite wrestling. Um, He's in the dynamite zone. Very uh, controversial outfit. Uh, what I will point out, though, uh, be- you may remember uh, a <clears throat> few months back, Chris, something I said about AEW in particular is that I would be fine if AEW starts embracing things that are cooler with younger people that I myself am confused by. Mm hmm. Miro was going full, quote-unquote, hype beast. He was wearing, like, super fashionable clothes that look like shit, but are very expensive. And everyone on the internet was like, oh, what's this? Like, if you're 20-something years old, you look at that, well, like, that guy's, that guy looks good. But to us, we're like, he's wearing pajamas. No, he's wearing a $650 shirt and 1,300 pants. Like, yeah, that's, uh... It looked like pajamas to me, but... You know what? He was he was rocking what is ostensibly high end fashion right now. He's part of the Gucci gang, apparently. Yeah. So good good for him. Good for you, uh, Miro. You know, he made all that uh all that Twitch money recently on yes. his uh on his downtime here. So uh, you know, you do you do you, bud. You do you. Yeah, so Miro, Welcome to all elite. Miro goes to cut a promo. Before he cuts <clears throat> a promo, A. The joy and excitement. That came off of him, yeah, was truly heartening. He was hype, yeah, and and there was some early Rusev Day chants, and he started going, uh, no, 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 and then the crowd started doing Miro Day chants. Yep, and that's where you could see where it hit him. Like, yeah, one like, of okay, the... these guys get it, and these guys appreciate me. Yes, what the fuck, I've never felt this before. Exactly. That that is that is one of the most enjoyable things about AEW is seeing some of these folks these. Um, it, it, it's kind of like seeing a shelter dog realize they found their forever home. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what this was. That's, and yeah. look, I rolled my eyes at his promo starting with, you know, 10 years in the same house with a glass ceiling and an imaginary brass ring. It sounded like a fucking impact promo. Uh, I don't know if you also heard this, uh, last night, Chris Jericho was doing a Saturday night stream. He said he was the one who suggested that line. Huh? That's a shit ass line, Chris. Uh, he's had better, but yeah, I think I I feel like the earnestness of his delivery, you know, while still trying to come over as a badass, I I think the delivery worked. It wasn't the the best, you know, uh, written sort of thing. Uh, And maybe that's something that he himself needs to get better at because, you know, these promos now are are not pre-written handed to them on a script. So they have right. to come up with it on their own. So, right. you know, if he works a little closer with uh, with a Jericho or, you know, some of the other guys back there uh, who have been doing it for a long time and know what the fuck they're doing, I guess Dustin would be another good one as well. Yeah. Um, More on him and a few, by the way. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I overall enjoyed the uh, the introduction. Yes. And the wedding is next week. Uh, or in two weeks. I think it's in Did two weeks. Did they say when the wedding was? Two I, weeks? Okay. I think it's in two weeks. But nevertheless, okay. yeah. um, we've we've got Miro and All Elite, and he's got new gear and everything. So we'll see how that comes together. Tony Schiavone backstage. Tony Schiavone everywhere this week. Backstage, yeah. pre-tape with Hangman Page. Sit down. Page had his glass of whiskey. Asked him how he was doing. And uh, 
the anxious millennial cowboy was definitely anxious throughout this promo. And he said, you know, it was, it looked inevitable that we were going to split it all out. It didn't have to be this way. And he said, you know, I, I look, it was my fault. that FTR got the shot and everything. He said, you know, we, we've had a lot of problems, but, but hey, we've got a lot of wins. So, you know, we're, we're going to handle this and we're going to work our way back to the top. And you could tell he even recognized he was kind of lying to himself. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and credit where credit is due. Wrestling is not typically a place of feelings um, <laughs> su- feelings or subtle emotions yeah and that's what this is like yeah uh especially when contrasted later on in the show so uh, yep. i i love the work they're they're doing here and then we had uh chris jericho and jake hager team karen against uh joey janela <laughs> and sunny kiss like team in, <laughs> in a no dq match this was actually really fucking good um and sunny kiss looked like a mega star in this match Dude, and apparently they brought in the highest uh, number rated segment yeah. uh, throughout the evening. So good on them. Um, you know, Sunny Kiss, fucking great, man. Like, yeah. give uh, give give him a push. Joey, you know, Joey's perfect, uh, a perfectly weird sidekick slash yes. friend partner yes. for them. Um, the match, I, I I really enjoyed. There was a lot of fun stuff in there. You know, they. Put Sunny Kiss over huge um, mm-hmm. overall, and especially when he delivered that uh, that forearm that knocked Hager down. Yeah, and, you know they really they really sold that. Um, but man, Jr. can't get out of fucking Jake Hager's asshole. It kills me. Yeah, but you know, Barry Oklahoma, barbecue right, sauce. right, right, gives a fuck. Um, but the thing that bothered me, or not bothered me, but was questionable to me, is that after the match, after they won, Jericho and Hager cut a very sweaty and breathy promo about mm-hmm. how they're going to go after the uh, the tag belts. Yeah. Now, in the inner circle, where you have an established shit kicker of a tag team already in the inner circle and PNP. So, okay, sure. Jericho, sure. Well, uh, like we said, and I have a feeling my other bit of fantasy booking for the week is going to come up in, in just a few minutes. Um, I I think this is likely to uh, basically be the, the cause of the inner circle split and okay. for proud and powerful to go face. I think proud and powerful are going to drop the uh, feud to best friends uh, this coming week. Going to have a little bit of tension between uh, proud and powerful and Jericho. And then it's going to turn into a thing about, Hey, wait, why are you going after the tag belt to get tag team specialists right here? And then we get the proud and powerful face turn. We've been wanting the best, the best, the best, the, the best. best. MJF backstage in his campaign headquarters said Moxley cheated it all out, but doesn't blame him because it's in his nature. He said that the real people at blame are the campaign staff, and he fires everybody. And then he gets in the face of Wardlow. And, man, if this was in front of a live crowd, people would be losing their shit. Mm -hmm. Because we are getting the hint of a big, big, big Wardlow face turn, including the plot twist that MJF pays Wardlow's checks, not AEW. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if Wardlow has an issue, hey, no worries. I can drop you and I can throw you and your family out on the street. Yeah, so, that's uh, a good that's a good wrinkle to the uh, to the story here. The, the good next step. Um, looking forward to seeing that play out. I'd imagine it would continue with Wardlow costing MJF matches. Maybe they start to be on purpose now yes. uh, sort of thing and lead to a big match, maybe a full gear or slow burn it to you know, revolution. Yes, I, I'm with you. 
Uh, we had a quick John Moxley promo saying, hey, you know, uh, I had a really tough match on Saturday. You know, if I didn't think I had enough on my plate, uh, hey, Lance Archer won the Battle Royale. He said it doesn't get yeah. any easier for him. He said uh, Archer's a monster, but after the schedule he's had, after the defenses he's had, after the people he's taken out, would you bet against John Moxley right now? Which I thought was a really great way of putting over Archer as his big threat, but saying, yeah. hey, look. I'm the man right now, so we're going to have to see how uh, this plays out for Archer. Very good promo. Put everybody over. Mm -hmm. We had the tag team title celebration of uh, FTR, Tully Blanchard and FTR in the ring with the belts surrounding the ring, all face teams and all the teams that they actually defeated on the way to their title shot. So I thought, that yeah, was that's, a... that's a nice, that's a nice touch there. Talk shit about pretty much everybody yes. called, uh, Kaz and Daniels old, yes. uh, called, uh, what they, they talk shit about Billy Gunn being in some fake Hollywood or not I mean, Hollywood, fake, uh, hall of fame, fake hall of fame. Yeah. Um, and his doofus son, something along those lines yeah, called, uh, uh, Jungle Boy, a Tarzan cosplayer, and Luchasaurus, a dumbass dinosaur. I love, by the way, even in heel logic, that guy's not really a Jungle Boy, but he's definitely, definitely a dinosaur. A dinosaur. <laughs> definitely yeah. a dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> and Shock of Shocks, uh, yes, Jurassic Express gets in the face of FTR, dumps a cooler ice on them. There was a cake in the ring, and no one went through it. In fact. After FTR got ice poured all over them, all the faces ate cake happily. <laughs> they, che they cheers the cake, which yes. I thought was, uh, was yes. fantastic. Another, that's, that's how you do it. Another pro wrestling staple subverted. We had the big yep. baby face. Thanks, everybody. Didn't turn into an angle this time. We had a cake that actually got eaten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Contract signings where tables aren't being uh, broken. They're really uh, doing God's work over there. Taz comes out to join the announce team strictly to do commentary over a promo. <laughs> yeah, he starts talking shit about Dobby Allen, and then uh, Dobby's music hits, and then it's Ricky Starks cosplaying Dobby Allen. Cuts a pretty good promo, though. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to when that match uh, happens, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, because I think it's going to be uh, fantastico. I, I got to say, Ricky Starks has strong early days of the rock energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can, I, you know, I'm picturing him in the shades and the, the, the gold chain. $500 shirt. Yeah. The, yeah. $500 shirt, loafers and shorts. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Good, and good not even in that. like a bad cosplayer way, just like he's got, no, that's he, he's in that zone. Yes. Yeah. Um, then we had, uh, Nyla Rose versus Tay Conti. Tay Conti officially all elite. And uh, you can tell the emotion of being signed hit her as she was coming out, which which yeah. was really nice to see. Not a bad match by any means. Tay Conti's got this flying knee, which fucking rules. Yep. Um, but it was really more just for Nyla to destroy Tay Conti, and she did. Um, during said match, uh, it was announced that the Young Bucks had been fined $5,000 each for attacking Alex Marvez. And also, Cody has a big announcement after the show. Yeah. <laughs> More on that one in a minute or three. Promote synergy like a boss. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Post-match after uh, Nyla Rose hits the Beast Bomb to win. Nyla Rose keeps beating down Conti. And uh, Vicky cuts Vicky a promo. Vicky cuts a promo-ish. Again, still not yeah. necessary because Nyla's a great promo on her own. Hikaru Shida runs out with a kendo stick. And it looks like we're going to be getting uh, Shida versus Nyla Rose again. So. Yeah, I don't necessarily love that. Um, yeah. 
I mean, the ma- the match they had it all out was great. Yes. Uh, and but I think it's probably double too or soon nothing. To, double or double nothing. Or nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, maybe too soon to run it back. Uh, but again, they haven't really been doing the best of building a lot of new people yeah. into the uh, into the uh, women's division. I figured maybe Swole would mm-hmm. get a shot uh, since she beat Britt Baker. Because uh, you know, when are they going to pull the trigger on Britt Baker? I know she's still a little bit injured. That's yeah. probably having part to do with that. Yeah. Uh, but really, aside from that, you know, uh, Emi Sakura in Japan, um, Yuka Sakazawi in Japan. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, uh, what's, Brie what's Priestley name? in Japan, Jamie Hayter yeah, in Japan. Um, and the the one who had the knee surgery, uh, Chris Statlander, knee yeah, sur- she, you know, she's out, out. Shauna's in Spain and loves yeah. Donald Trump. There's all sorts of issues uh, in the women's division. But hey, there Abaddon's is some on those rankings. Yeah, Abaddon's on those rankings. And, and someone else apparently uh, is going to be showing up more regularly as we got our pre-main event promo train. As uh, we found out that Moxley versus Lance Archer is going to be on October 14th for the AEW Dynamite Anniversary Show. I will just... Yeah, one week after or two weeks after yeah. the actual anniversary. anniversary. But maybe it just oh, works out that way because one's live, one week is live and one week is taped. But whatever. Yeah. Next okay. week on Dynamite, we're going to get the best friend Santana Ortiz parking lot fight. FTR versus Jurassic Express in a non-title match. Eva Lise will be getting a shot at the NWA Women's World Title held by Thunder Rosa. Some more okay. Thunder Rosa. Thank God. We're yeah. getting Jericho and Hager versus Private Party and Hangman Page versus Frankie Kazarian, which could be shockingly good. Yeah. And speaking of shockingly good, your main event of the evening for the TNT Championship, Brody Lee defending against Dustin Rhodes. This match fucking ruled. What has gotten into Dustin Rhodes, man? <laughs> I don't know. But what is this he was fantastic. He like hopped up on Blue Chew and fucking. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. I don't know. He's fifty-two years old and he's never been better. Dude, dude's moves are crisp and quick. Uh, you know, the wind is mostly there. He's still fifty-two, so it shows a little bit. But man, yeah, guy is just like he's doing fucking sentons off the apron to the outside. He's doing destroyers. He's doing sunset flip bombs. He's doing all kinds of crazy flippy shits. Uh, I mean, maybe it's just one of those things where he's so inspired by this influx of young talent that are, you know, it, it's a it's a two way street. He's helping them hone their skills in, in, you know, storytelling, psychology, promos, stuff like that. And yeah. they're teaching him all these crazy flippy shits. And he's like, fuck, I can I can still do that that hell yeah yeah he, out he, he goes doing it basically he is he is the best version of modern day ricky morton where it's just like here's an yeah. old hand who knows what he's doing and now is deciding to do canadian destroyers for shits and yeah. giggles yeah. um anyway really great match birdie lee looked like a beast dustin looked like you know the baby face who you thought could get it done one more time uh but no taken down with the big discus lariat birdie lee retains the title dark order comes out to celebrate they drag out the lifeless body of qt marshall uh brody lee notices colt cabana is out there for the celebration yeah yells at cabana because cabana is why they lost the eight-man tag he shunned made to leave the ring kicks dustin uh brody lee kicks dustin right in the crotch and we threw it to the special announcement from cody and cody's in front of this screen 
and he says, you know, I'm injured, but I've come up with this new concept while I was in this quarantine bubble in Macon, Georgia. And I am in my head going, oh, fuck, they've got their version of the Thunderdome, don't they? <laughs> See, this was cut off with the, the replay. You, so you happened- are very lucky this was cut off because for two okay. seconds, I'm like, oh, my God, what what is happening? And no, Cody's actually going to be part of a talent show. That's airing on TBS next year called The Go Big Talent Show. It's a basically America's Got Talent. Yes. But yes. he's a judge. He, Snoop Dogg is a judge. Rosario Dawson is a judge. Love me some Rosario Dawson. And whoever Jennifer Nettles is. not, not No familiar. idea. And, uh, and Bert Kreischer, Kreischer is the host. Wearing a shirt, which I feel like makes it harder to recognize who he is. Right. Yeah. That's It's an interesting uh, interesting lineup there. Uh, but, you know, Snoop Dogg and Cody, that that's, that's, a, weird, that's a weird combo that I'm oddly... Uh, curious to watch and the part that i found out which i also thought was really interesting was um time warner or excuse me they're called warner media now basically using their strengths in numbers that announcement was aired on tbs tnt and true tv all at the same time oh and that was actually the official announcement of the show like there hadn't even been things sent to like your varieties or hollywood reporters like that huh. was a legitimate real announcement, and they let Cody be the first voice out there, which, look, if people are wondering if uh, Turner likes what they're getting out of AEW, I think that's probably the biggest sign of confidence you can find. I mean, he's, yeah. he's becoming a known quantity to the networks. So Even with that terrible fucking neck tattoo. <laughs> Fuck that tattoo. Anyway, Dynamite will be back either Wednesday or Thursday, depending on how the NBA playoffs go tonight as we're recording. So we'll uh, we'll have to see what happens there. Stay, uh, stay tuned to AEW Wrestling's uh, uh, Twitter and, and all that fun stuff. Uh, Chris, we fucked up. This is an hour and 30 minutes long. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase w capital G lowercase k capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House, uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Life is too short for you to live bland. Hello, this is Sean Connery for the Rough House Podcast's new sponsor, Cesaro Spice. Add a little Cesaro to the situation and spice it up a little. Bitch wife making that bland bitch chili of hers? A pinch of Cesaro Spice will add that necessary zing to keep you from giving that whore a giant swing. Cesaro Spice. Stuck in traffic and the missus won't stop yammering? A sprinkle of Cesaro spice in her mouth will shut her up real good like. Shut her up real good. Cesaro spice. Trapped in a board meeting where the boss won't stop yammering and jammering and mammering. Neutralizes bullshit with some Cesaro spice. 
It's essentially Old Bay, but we changed the label and large Swiss man, you know, like the rolls, or sprinkling someone's eyeballs. Cesaro Spice. Surprise her by laying the outer layer of one of your Trojan condoms and Cesaro Spice. Heat up that pussy with Cesaro Spice. Spicing up life's blander situations. Cesaro Spice. Snort that shit with your dickhole.